Father, in the name of Jesus, we have come with great expectation this morning. Lord, for we know that deliverance is with you. Lord, for we know that healing is with you. Lord, for we know that they are all our inheritance in Christ Jesus. So this morning we come. We've come with great expectation that we might receive that which belongs to us. That in the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Spirit will be ignited as ever before. And burn down everything that you have not established in our lives. That in the name of Jesus, by the time you finish with us, oh Lord God, you will see the finished product that you expected. Father, in the name of Jesus, move by your spirit on us this morning. Let the word of God proceed from the throne. That our spirit may be fed in the name of Jesus. Every barricade, every wall of Jericho that may stand, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I send the word against them. Let them all calm down. I shake their foundation this morning. I pull them off their roots in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that the word of God may reach each and every one of us individually where we are this morning. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said you came to set the captives free. We believe this morning that the captive will live free this morning. That they that are bound will be free this morning. That the shackles and the chains will fall this morning. By, by the power of your resurrection, each and every one of us will come back to life. And that we may live again to the glory of our God, which is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your restoration anointing. We thank you for your restoration power to restore that which the enemy has destroyed. That you have restored to each and every one of us this morning. That which has been stolen. Lord, we thank you for ruling in our favor this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And God's people say amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Like I said to you last Wednesday, this morning we're going to talk about the will of God. I want to honor the man of God among us this morning. Amen. It's a blessing to have you with us this morning. Amen. And we thank God for you being in our midst. We are blessed to have you. Amen. Amen. Like I said Wednesday, I'm going to talk about the will of God this morning. Because for quite some time now, I've been rebuking some of you. For saying it's the will of God when tragedy and when terrible things happen to us. When undesirable situation comes upon us. And I've been saying 
Stop saying that it's the will of God and do something about it. But now, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? You know, most people or most preachers will classify the will of God under two groups. As for me, I classify under three groups. Amen. And the first one I will talk about, before I even talk about the first one, let's go to John 6. I'm going to say something there very quickly before we continue. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 38, 39, and the 40th. Amen. Are you there? John 6, from verse 38. Jesus speaking here, okay? John 6, 38. He said, for I have come down from heaven. Okay? That's Jesus speaking. John 6, John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is a, a very clear statement Jesus made, that he has come. He's talking about he himself, he, Jesus, me, he, Jesus. He has come down not to do his own will, but the will of the Father that sent him. Now verse 39, he said, this is the will of the Father who sent me. Now he's telling us what the will of the Father is. The will that Jesus has come to do in the earth is what he's going to tell us here. Are you with me? That of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. So pretty much is the will of the Father that everything that God will give Jesus, that Jesus lost none of them. Are you with me? And the verse 40th, he said, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So this verse is one of the kind in the scriptures, talking about the will of God as far as Jesus is concerned. You see, we can look at the Bible and say, oh, this, the Bible says this is the will of God. But that is not the will of God for you and me. Because it's the will of God to Jesus that he lost none of the people that God is going to give him. That at the last day, he raised all of them. Because you and me, ain't, we ain't going to raise anybody at the last day. Because we're going to need to be raised. Are you with me here? All right. So, we must understand this verse here that is talking about the will of the Father as far as Jesus is concerned. This is not for you and me. Are you with me? All right, is that clear? All right, now let's go. The first will I'm going to talk about, there are three, like I said, I, I classify this under three, uh, three groups. So the first group is the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God. Are you with me? Now, I chose a scripture 
that I believe will speak about this. Isaiah 37. That's one of my favorite prophets because he told us clearly about the Messiah more than anybody else. He gave the details concerning Christ. If you don't get it in the book of Isaiah, I'm sorry for you. Are you with me? Isaiah 37, verse 32. He said this. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant and they that escape out of Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. We were all in the mess. Isaiah 37, 32. We were all in sin. We were all in a place where we couldn't help ourselves. We were all in a place where we all need somebody to help us. That's why I don't agree with God help those who help themselves because we couldn't help ourselves. That's why God came. <laughs> Are you with me? That's why I don't agree with that. God help those who help themselves. It's not the scripture. That is not in the scriptures. Stop saying things that you heard from somebody and they say, oh, it's the word of God. God help the young and the old and he forget about the middle one. No. God help those that couldn't help themselves. We couldn't help ourselves. So God foreseen this. He made a promise that he's going to rescue us. He's going to save us. He's going to pull, pull us out of that pit of sin. So in Isaiah 37, verse 32 here, God made it clear that the day will come. A day that he will perform a miracle. A miracle one of a kind. And here he's talking about Jesus coming. And he said what? The zeal of the Lord will perform this. Meaning that will has nothing to do with you and me. You can get on your knees. You can pray till your lamb fall out. God will not change that will. Nothing will change that sovereign will of God. He'll send it out. He backed it with his zeal. He said, it's going to happen. At that point, God exercised his sovereignty. The zeal of the Lord is going to perform this. You see, a man cannot be sovereign because a man is a limited being. We have no sovereignty as people, as human beings. Can you make a promise that in 200 years, you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. But one that can live one billion years, one that has no beginning, no end, has such authority. He has that sovereignty. He has that power and that authority to say, in 5,000 years, I will do this. So God put out here his sovereign will. He said, I'm going to rescue my people. I'm going to rescue them. And the Bible said, in fullness of time, in fullness of time, in fullness of time. Hallelujah. What happened? Jesus came. The sovereign will of God came to pass. In fullness of time. God manifest that will that he expressed from the very beginning when we fell in the garden. Oh, book of Genesis, the third chapter, verse 15, the first prophecy of the Bible. Where he said it then, back in the garden, Genesis 3, 15, 
destroy the work of the enemy. He that terrorizes you and me, he's a terrorist. So the will of God manifested itself in fullness of time. There is a sovereign will of God. Sometimes we pray for things, and all of a sudden, like I said, at the, at the memorial service, we pray, we fasted. But what happened? The sovereignty of God overruled our prayers. That's why we need to understand that there is a sovereign will of God. Even though the scripture says, you can have this, you can have that. God, the sovereignty of God is above everything. But I do believe at the same time that God does not exercise his sovereignty all the time. I believe maybe 0.5% of the time God exercised his sovereignty in the life of individual. He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. After Paul raised the dead, after Paul healed the sick, after Paul performed signs and won this miracle, God is saying to him, my grace is sufficient. Oh, Paul, even though miracle signs and wonders happen through your hand, you must understand that the sovereignty rests with me. Because sometimes as people, when we get here, we do stuff, things are happening through us. We get to that place where we think we are, oh, demon. We are the crown jewel. If we are not there, nothing else can move. Thou fool. So God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. Anywhere you go through Genesis all the way to Revelation, not too many times you're going to find God exercise his sovereignty in the life of individual. Not too many times. So Hezekiah, the king, understood the will of God and the sovereignty of God. So he went before God and he said, God, I've served you. Now I need you. Heal me. Give me some more years to live. And God did. God did not exercise his sovereignty. That is one of the things you and me need to understand. That when things are happening, we can be blaming God. Though the man of God come with the bad news, that doesn't mean God approved it and God put his seal on it. It doesn't mean God approve it. That's why I say sometimes prophecy come forth. Don't attack the man that brought the news. He's just a messenger. Though it's a bad news, you do something about it. Don't turn around. It's the will of God. That's why one of the things I don't like from Christians. I, I don't like hunting with this. It's the will of God. You lazy, get up and do something about it. It's because people are afraid of praying. They don't want to fast. They don't want to stop eating. I'm going to fast uh, today, Pastor. I, I, I'm, I'm going to eat four times a day. I ain't going to eat a snack in between. Thou fool. Devil will whip your behind. Where are you going to go with that kind of fasting? What can you move with that kind of fasting? The sovereign will of God. Overrule in heaven, on earth, and in hell. That's why I believe those who had experience with hell and came back to life and talk about it. 
Because of God's sovereignty. People say, oh no, that, that, that can't happen. Once you die, that's it. Oh yes, once you die, that's it. But the sovereignty of God, why do you, don't you understand that God is sovereign? He said, I will show grace to whom I will. He does as he pleases him. He doesn't need your counsel. He doesn't need my counsel. He doesn't need your advice. He doesn't need my advice. Because he's a sovereign God. Hallelujah. Sovereign God. We must understand that. Keep that in mind. The sovereign will of God overrule in the face of nations, in the face of kingdom, in the face of man, in the face of demon. The sovereignty of God overrule. That's why the children of Israel, those they couldn't understand why God said they should surrender to the king of Babylon. To the point that God called him a servant. The, and why is all the, 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 the ignorant Christian who said, that can never happen. But when you get into the word of God, begin to examine the will, uh, the sovereign will of God. There are things that will blow your mind away. That's why people say, oh, Bush stole the election. The sovereignty of God overruled during that time. So America can be punished and, and lose a lot of money and begin to drop as the time approaches. Because we are under judgment. What is happening in this country now is because of the sovereign will of God. We have departed from him. We forget about him. We say homosexual, let's put them in the pulpit. Let's give them the Bible. Let's ordain them. Let them preach the word of God. Let them preach the tolerance. Thou fool. God does not change when it comes to sin. Sin is sin. Whatever he calls sin is sin. He does not change his mind concerning it. He's not going to paint it and look in a different way. Sin is sin. When the Bible calls it sin, you can't give it another name. Even if you see a God, you call it a lamb. It's still a goat. It is what it is. Because we like painting stuff. That's why God does not look outside but look inside. Because you cannot paint when it's inside. Can I keep this moving? The sovereign will of God. Even in your time of prayer. Doesn't matter how powerful God can move on you or use you. You should never forget about the sovereign will of God. You should never. Your mind should never go beyond that. You should always stop there and know now is the will, the sovereign will of God. You should never go beyond that in your head because that's where you all start. The sovereign will of God. And the second will of God is God's will of command. The will of command. You see, one of the problems I'm having in house of prayer is that I know I've been preaching. And I know a lot of stuff has been coming forth. But people don't grab it. It comes and it goes. It comes through the left ear and get out through the right ear. 
because I believe that if you take hold of the word of God and that word get into you, you will never be the same again. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. If the word of God is something I can get inside my body, open myself and put in there, I will. That's why David said, I hide in, the, in my heart that I may not sin against thee. That's why David hide the word in there. Ladies and gentlemen, are you with me? The will of command. Okay, now, there are so many of them in the scriptures, okay? But there are a few that I'm going to show you here. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, in everything, give what? Thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ. In everything. Give thanks. In everything. What he's saying to say to, uh, to thank God is, is, is he's not saying that when you are going through a situation, embrace the situation and say, this is the will of God for me. God, thank you for sending me some disease and some sickness. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying when trouble comes, when devil knock at your door, when demons attack you, you sit down and say, thank you, Jesus, for sending me some demons. Let me tell you something. I said to you last week, God can only offer you what he has. I cannot offer you what I don't have. God said his throne is established in the heavenlies. He's in the heaven. That's where he sits. That's where the crown sits upon his head. And the angels are flapping their wings before him, worshiping him with the elders day and night. Are, we, are you with me? So in heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven... There is no poverty because the streets are made up of gold. In heaven, there is no demon. So why do you think God is going to send you some demon? He doesn't have it up there. He doesn't have demons in heaven to send you demons. God doesn't have sickness and pain in heaven to send you some. So if he does have them over there, then you, let me tell you, don't go. Hey. If there is sickness, death, and pain in heaven, don't go because you're going to experience the same thing you're experiencing here. <laughs> <I don't laughs> you're just looking at me like, what, what the heck are you talking about? Are you with me? Whatever God has is what he offers. He has life and life in abundance. So he came and he offered what? Life and life in abundance. He has deliverance. So he came. The Bible said Jesus came to do what? To set the captives free because deliverance is with him. So anytime the demons see him, they start shaking. That's why when they say, they say hey, son of David, why have you come to disturb us before our time? Because they know he has deliverance. He doesn't have more demons to put on top of them. <laughs> Are you with me this morning? That's why I said, stop saying it's the will of God. Stop saying it's the will of God. Because you become ignorant. Because if God will send sickness upon you and turn around to heal you, what is he accomplishing? What is being accomplished there? What is he doing? Is he fooling himself or fooling you and me? God does not fool anybody. He's a straightforward God. We need to understand that. That's 
That's why Jesus said, a house t- divided against itself shall not stand. If God will send a demon and come back and heal it, then the house is divided against itself. It's not the will of God for you to be bound. It's not the will of God for you to be sick. It's not the will of God for you to be in poverty. I said it and I said it again. It's not the will of God. He has not promised it because God does not have poverty in heaven. If the streets are made up of God, that means he has told so many he doesn't know what to do with it. And he's decided to make streets of gold. Oh, that, yeah. That's why, go ahead, put on jewelry. God loves jewelry. He loves precious metal. That's why he made the streets, the streets in heaven with precious metal. And in the temple, the 12 pillars are made of precious stones. You are just looking at me. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't feeling. You ain't, you ain't, it's, it's like, it's like, okay. We, I'm, I'm saying that it's not the will of God for you to be in pain. First Peter 2, 15. He said, for such is the will of God that by doing right, not evil, Christian must start doing right. Right. Righteousness. Right. When you keep doing right, you will become righteous. Jesus brought you in. Give you that title that you do not deserve. But now what happened? If you really have that righteousness, you will, can only do right. You can only do right, folk. If right is not coming out, check the spirit inside. Jesus offered what was in him. Again. Jesus offered what was in him. And Satan also, Satan also offered what he had. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you must silence the ignorance of foolish men. Yes. Silence the f- ignorant folk. Yesterday before I left work, the union rep in, in our sh- office came to me. She said, I talked to that guy. I told him, you try my route twice and you have a heart attack twice. Then you have no room to speak. That was about me. <laughs> I said, I told him, if you have any issue with Matthias, come see me. I said, oh boy. And the big dog himself said, Matthias, you are doing just good. That put me on my shoulder. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, just do right. Just do right. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of right. Not left, right. He just do right. If you have it in you, after election, you will remain who you have been. It doesn't matter if you know you're going to lose the next election. Because the Holy Spirit is in you, you, will all can, you can only do right. I'm not running for any office so I can say all that. So... Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. 
trust in the Lord that well. That is not the will of God for you to be bound up by demons. That's why he said, whatsoever you bound in the earth, we will bound it in heaven. Whatsoever you lose in the earth shall be also lose in the heaven. Why? You must speak. You are not receiving, you have not received that spirit of bondage. You have not received it. Sometimes I got to speak to myself. Hey, devil, get out of my head. 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 Because it's my head. That person told you that some of the language, I said it last week, some of the language used in the Old Testament were not appropriate language. They were just, the Bible tells us that the Old Testament is the shadow of the things to come. The Old Testament is the shadow of the New Testament. The Old Testament is the shadow of the New Testament. We see, you see the shadow, but you don't see the person. When you see the shadow, you know this is not a dog. It's a human being. You can tell what it is, but you cannot really describe it to the details. So the New Testament gives us the details. We see the clear picture. The Old Testament shows us the shadow. Some of the language used, when the Bible says, it says, the evil spirit proceed from God, from the throne of God. Those language were not appropriate language as far as the Bible is concerned, as, as far as God is concerned. Some of the language used were not the right language because God doesn't have demons in, with him in heaven. When the angel, some of them became demons, God kicked them out. He kicked them out because what? Heaven cannot contain demons. That's where I, the bad news came to us in the earth. Because before then, in the garden, there was no disease. We, Adam never gets sick when God created him. When he was created, the woman, she never felt pain. It was after the fall, after, after they were deceived. After the manifestation of devil, that's where the pain started. God didn't have pain in heaven to give us. But when Satan started all the rebellion, the Bible said what? A battle broke out in heaven. And devil and his demon fought by the Michael and the angels loyal to God. Who, who are you loyal to? They fought against Satan and his demons. And their place was no longer found in heaven. Therefore, stop. Don't follow those people who say, Satan got to go before God and get permission before he can touch you. What kind of gospel is that? That's not a gospel. Because they refer to the book of Job. That God caused his children and Satan also came. And, uh, and, 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 and there was a conversation that went between God and, 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 and Satan. Yes. Jesus didn't come. The manifestation of the blood wasn't there. Satan saw himself as the chief in command. Till the day the grave said, I can't hold this man anymore. <laughs> Till the day, hell said, let's get him out. Till the day, Jesus came out victorious. At that point, Satan realized that, uh-uh, he's not in control. 
from that moment, now the Bible says Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Do you think Satan can go and see Jesus in the face? He'll be blinded with the light that proceeds. The light of righteousness that proceeds from Christ. He cannot look at him in the face. That's why you see in the scriptures, there was a conversation between Jesus and demons. But after the resurrection, you, you don't see that. You don't see that after the resurrection. You don't see it anywhere. They back off. They started running for their life. Now they understand. Now they know. Now they know. That's why they start coming after you and me. That's why Jesus said, pump yourself with the word. Pump yourself with the word. Give yourself some injection of the word. And I said to you, what God want to give you in life is not the money, is not the healing, but the word in you. Once you got the word in you, David understood that principle. He said, your word I have had in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. If he just said that I may not sin against thee because what? The blood wasn't shed. Can you hear me here? The blood was not shed at that time. Because what? But the, the stripes were not available for healing. But now, hey, the blood is available. The what? The what? The stripes are available. You are healed by the stripes. Now, the word I get into me, not only so I don't sin against him. So also, when the yoke fall on me, the yoke will break. People don't use it right. They say the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. No, 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 no. Read the King James Version. So when the yoke fall on you because the anointing is what is falling upon, it will have to break. The yoke will have to break. Oh, we're talking about the will of God. Come on, let's keep it moving. That, that was the problem. Now, he said what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Because your own understanding will lead you straight to hell. Because that, that's what the society say. Say, oh yeah, let's go this way, let's go that way. No. The way to heaven is straight and narrow. The way to hell is wide open. That's why you don't need to do anything to go to hell. You can just sit there and look at preacher and never accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and you can burst hell wide open. You don't have to do anything because the way is just so wide. But when it comes to heaven, you fight for it. Hey, the Bible said what? Hey, they take it what? By force. You take it by force. You say, this is what I want.
I grab the Lord, the God that I serve. I am letting him go. You see, that's why he said, if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will go with you. I will go, I'll, I'll go through. I will, I, will, I will go. I will be there. But he didn't say, when you decided to build, to build yourself a house in the, sh- in, in, in the valley of the shadow of death, because you're going to live there by yourself. He, he's not going to live there. But if you go through, he will go through with you. But he's not going to reside there and have a, himself some address and all those people boss. No, that's it. We need to understand that. So in Romans 12, 2, he said, and do not be conformed to this world. That is why the will of command is God's will. You see, it's his will. That's why he doesn't force it on us. It's a will. But it's a will of command. Are you with me? God is not going to tie a rock to your back so you don't go to the nightclub. He's not going to do that. It's his will for you not to go to a place you know is going to pull you down. You must understand that God is not going to force it on you because it's his will. He said, well, and do not be conformed to this world. You see, the church has become just like the world. The, the world is doing this. Okay, we start doing it in our form. Now the churches are having what? Halloween. Halloween party. Let the children dress like angels. If the Bible says, I am going to judge the angel, why should I try to be like an angel? The Bible says we're going to judge the angel. So why should I try to be like an angel? And God created the angel not only to serve him, but also to serve me. So why should I try to be like somebody that God didn't create me to be like? Are you with me? First, when we get saved, you hear people, I'm praying that Michael visit me. I'm praying that Gabriel visit me. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm praying that when I speak, Michael run. I'm praying, I'm praying that when I speak, Gabriel run and do something. I'm not praying for their visitation. What am I going to do with it? Moses said, Lord, if you will not go with us, even though after God said, my angel will go before you. Moses said, God, if you will not go with us, don't let us leave this place. Because the angel is good, but that's not what we want. (laughs) Oh, boy. The angel is good. The angel will obey every word of God. If God said, take those people down before Israel, the angel will take them down. If, they, God, if God said to the angel, move the mountain, that they may cross, the angel will move the mountain. If God said, hold the, uh, the, 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 the ocean so my people can pass, the angel will do it. But the man of God said, no, 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 no. God, that's not what we want. We want you. Hey, we want you. If you never had a taste of God, you will not know what it's like. Are you with me? He said, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that 
which is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, you will we each and every day we come across situations. We have to make a decision. Sometimes we don't even think that we may, we, we don't even see it as a decision. The brain just go pam 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 and we do them. But each and every day we have to our brain have to make millions of decisions. You see, as I'm moving, my brain is making decisions where to put that foot, when to move it, how far, how fast. I'm not even thinking about it as a decision. But each and every day, our brain have to process millions of billions of information. Even those who put the computers together come to a place to realize that the person that created this computer is a person you cannot compare to anybody else. Because they look at the human brain, they say, what? Uh-uh. Even though we have super, super sonic computers that can do some stuff, it's still not the brain that God has created. So the Bible says, in each of those decision-making process, find where the will of God will be. Even on your jobs, even in your homes, within your relationship between your parents, your family, and so on. We have to, you see, the Bible is a concentrated word of God. And that's why we got to keep preaching it. Breaking it down, breaking it down. You see, it's a chunk of meat. We got to cut it in pieces, 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 so it can fill the mouth. You ain't going to take four pounds of meat and try to stick it in the baby's mouth. No. You choke the child and kill him, even though you were trying to feed him. Let's cut it down. So we have to look at every situation and see what the will of God will be right here. What if God will say to you something concerning this? What will God say? Okay? The man say, you know what, I love you. I can wait. I can wait. You can wait. Okay, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? The will of God is in there. What does God say? Illicit sex is prohibited. Before you stone me. It's not allowed by the Bible. Sex before marriage is not allowed. So we must understand that the will of God in every situation that we face. Yeah. Yeah. By renewing our mind each and every day. That we may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants us to get to that place he call perfect. He wants us to get to that place. And the excuse is, I'm a man. You are a man and so who are Jesus was a man, too. And the only way he was able to overcome every temptation was to stay in prayer. And after it worked for him, he turned around and said to you, I mean, pray so that you fall not into temptation. Because it worked for him. So he knows it will work for you, too. Yeah. When you keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, those little scorpions, Worms, snake, they started running. As you keep praying, 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 you keep that. No, I'm not saying just pray today for 15 minutes and you think you have moved the universe. No, I'm not talking about that. Be consistent in prayer. You see that your life will begin to change. Your mentality will begin to change. The renewal of your mind becomes easy. All right, let me keep it moving. Now, the third one, the first one was the sovereign will of God. And the second one was God's will of command. Are you with me? It's still his will, but it's a will of command. That we abstain from things 
that will bury our spirits. That we take hold. Eh? That we stay away from the things that will pollute our Christian life. 